Hello, and welcome to the Main Street Matters podcast presented to you by Heart on Main Street. This podcast is dedicated to the independent retail community, sharing their stories and providing the retailers tips on how to improve their business. I am your host, Patrick Kaiser. Thank you so much for joining. In today's podcast, we will not be providing you with a recording of a webinar, but talking to you about stories from the road. Over the last few months, we've been hitting the road, talking to independent retailers and exploring communities. Part of this is to raise awareness of Heart on Main Street. We are a nonprofit organization. We launched at the beginning of 2023 with the mission of helping independent retailers thrive within their local community by providing them with education, mentorship, financial support, and access to resources to improve their businesses. Independent retailers play a vital role in their communities, and we must support them as locally owned businesses. But we aren't just talking about our organization when we, when we visit communities. I'm also learning about the retailers there. How long have they been open? Why did they start their store? Hint, many didn't plan to. What have been the most important lessons that they've learned from owning a store in their hometown? Later in this episode, we have an interview with one retailer I visited, Shri Rothstein, who owns the Clothes Gallery in Crystal Lake, Illinois. I think you'll enjoy that. We've also done some charitable giving while out on the road. We have worked with retailers in two communities impacted by natural disasters to give them donations, yeah, help them get back on their feet and rebuild their store. So if it's all right with you, and since you're still listening, I'm guessing it is, I'd like to share these stories with you. But before we dive in, I am told as a nonprofit leader that I should make an ask of you, my dear listener. Heart on Main Street is a nonprofit organization. We live off of donations. The stories that you hear of assistance that we've done are because of individuals and companies that we've partnered with that have recognized the great cause that we represent. The money that we generate goes back to helping independent retailers through our grant program or our natural disaster relief efforts. Please consider donating to Heart on Main Street by visiting heartonmainstreet.org. Even a donation of $5 or $10 goes a really long way in helping us accomplish our goals. Plus, we are a 501c3, so all donations are tax deductible. Let's start with Heart on Main Street's disaster relief efforts. As we were forming Heart on Main Street in 2022, Hurricane Ian struck the southwest coast of Florida, which was almost serendipitous. Here we are creating an organization that will help independent retailers, and this area that is full of independent retailers was struck by one of the most devastating hurricanes in our country's history. It was as subtle as a sledgehammer. We knew that this was the first area that we wanted to make an impact in. We wanted to help retailers of Fort Myers Beach build back stronger. There was a catch though. We had no money, no contacts in the area, no way of doing anything worthwhile other than some really good intentions. So we started reaching out to wholesale companies that sold products to the retailers in that area and asked them if they could help. And if you could imagine how this conversation went, no, we don't know who we'd like to help. Maybe everybody. No, we don't know how much money it's going to take to help them. No, we don't know who's going to be rebuilding and who's going to shut their doors. And I know you've never heard of our organization, but can we have some money, please? We heard a whole lot of notes, except for one company. 
And that company's name is Indie in Maine. They're an online marketplace whose slogan is, our heart is on Main Street. What could be more perfect? Our name is their slogan. It's a match made in heaven. Despite being brand new, they said they could provide us with $10,000. But we would need to figure out the retailer. We would need to set everything up. But they could provide the money for us. Well, okay. Around this time, we also got a lead. Someone we previously spoke to said we should check out this retailer. Her name is Anita Saraceva and learn about her story. Anita owned three retail stores in Fort Myers Beach, Pier Peddler, Local Color, and The Islander. When Hurricane Ian hit, she lost all three stores and her home in one fell swoop. My heart already ached for her. I discovered that Two of her stores, Pier Peddler and Local Color, were built on land that was wiped away by the hurricane. The shoreline changed to the extent that they could not rebuild these stores on their previous lots. But the Islander could be rebuilt. In my research of Anita, I was brought to her Facebook page, where I saw that she'd been going live and talking to her community since relatively soon after the hurricane. I watched these, and I was struck by the craziest thing. Despite losing everything, Anita talked about hope. She informed her community on the latest news with cleanup efforts, how to apply for federal and state aid, how to avoid people trying to scam you. Because yes, people will come in after natural disasters and try and scam the people that have been impacted by it. She offered encouragement and talked about sunnier days ahead when everything would be rebuilt and life would be back to normal. Thousands of people tuned in to watch her. I believed in her. I wanted to help her. We had found our retailer. We had found our funding. When we went down to Fort Myers Beach in late April, I was astonished by what there was still to do. Seven months had passed since the hurricane, and I thought that since it was no longer discussed on national news that things must be close to being restored, businesses must be back open, things have to be close to normal again, I quickly found out how wrong I was. Buildings were still in every state of construction and deconstruction possible. Boats were on their sides, half in the water, half on land. Piles of rubble and debris scattered everywhere. If you had told me that this hurricane happened seven weeks ago, not seven months ago, I would have believed it. You could see who in that city had money and support backing them and who did not. Hotels, churches, insurance companies were practically back to normal. Independent retailers, not so much. We met Anita at her remaining location, the Islander, which really had only survived because it sat behind some of the major hotels, which blocked a lot of the damage. That day, there was a construction crew working to repair her roof. She walked us through her store, which had been torn down to the studs. I saw rust on the ceiling from where 12 feet of water had flooded into the building and then sat there. She told us where things had been, what all she had lost, what she had found, how items were returned to her weeks and months after the hurricane, washed up in some faraway place, but brought back home. 
which was really a perfect encapsulation of the story. Things were destroyed, things were lost, but the community looked out for one another. The city will be returned. It will look different, all things do after drastic change, but it will be whole again. This summer, Heart on Main Street will be working in collaboration with another organization to raise money for more retailers in Fort Myers Beach and continue the recovery efforts. While we were preparing to make this donation in Fort Myers Beach, another natural disaster hit in the state of Mississippi. Now, we are not going to try and help out with every hurricane, every tornado, every fire, every flood. That will just be impossible. But we do want to help out as much as we can and where our resources allow us to. In this case, F5 tornadoes tore through the state and in particular, the city of Rolling Fork was impacted. I was actually in the hospital with my wife awaiting the birth of our first child when this occurred and emails started pouring in. Through some back and forth over the next couple of days, my team and I, we identified a retailer who really needed our help. Lacey Haskins, the owner of the Green Apple Florist in Rolling Fork, awoke to find that her store was completely gone for the second time in less than a decade. Eight years ago, she owned the store with her mother when a fire burned the store down to the ground. Her mom decided that she was done, but Lacey decided to rebuild. They got the store up and running and flourishing again when this tornado hit their town. As with many stories, the town of Rolling Fork thought it could never happen to them. There's a river that runs through the town that people says protects it from natural disasters like this until it doesn't. The sign for the green apple was found 40 miles away. If you're in your car now, or if you're listening to this and have access to a car, go drive 40 miles and see just how far that is. That's how devastating this tornado was and how powerful it was. Their store was reduced to a concrete slab when we were finally able to make a donation, I couldn't find the site despite having their address. There was no evidence that a store existed there other than a concrete foundation. To make matters worse for Lacey and her business partner, they soon found out that while she had been completely insured a couple years ago, Insurance rates increased during the pandemic, and now she was underinsured, and their insurance company would not pay for the complete rebuild. Federal and state resources did come to Rolling Fork to provide aid, but those generally tend to focus on individual and residential areas. Entrepreneurs are expected to lift themselves up by the bootstraps and, and figure it out. Heart on Main Street knows that this isn't necessarily possible in all situations. Going through challenges with our last fundraising, we knew we had to try something different this time around. We enlisted social media, LinkedIn, and email campaigns to reach out to as many people as possible and tell them that we were trying to raise money for retailers in this area. We knew we wanted to help the Green Apple, but we thought if we could raise more money, we could maybe help others as well. Through small donations averaging less than $100, we raised almost enough to make another $10,000 donation to the Green Apple. I was 
floored to see these efforts pay off. So at the beginning when I said even five and $10 goes a really long way, I truly do mean that. Lacey and her business partner are on the road to recovery. They said, give us four walls and a roof and we can be back up and running tomorrow. Now there are other requirements for a retail store to be operational, uh, but they're hoping that they can be back in place by the time of the Great Delta Bear Affair that comes in October. Despite these donations, and some great publicity that came with it, Harden Main Street faced a very real problem. No one, especially in the retail community which we want to serve, knew who we were. So after attending the Evolve conference with Crystal Volkaitis, who I have incredible respect for, I sat down with a member of my team and we hatched up a concept called Main Street Mondays which would involve me traveling to different cities, different main streets, and visiting their retailers, talking about hard on Main Street, but learning more about their stories, their stores, their challenges, their successes. Now, I really like to drive long distances. I'm kind of weird in that way. So we sat down and drew a circle of a 300 mile radius, roughly a five hour drive that centered around Chicago, where I live. Now. Doing this allowed me to get to parts of nine states. And if I do some overnights, we can get even further than that. And we said, this is an area that I could reasonably get to there and back in a day. Any city here is a candidate for a future Main Street Monday. And honestly, we'll go further to visit different towns. The first place I decided to go was somewhere close to home. We didn't know how this was gonna work, didn't know if retailers would even talk to me. So I chose Crystal Lake, Illinois, which is about 40 miles northwest of Chicago. It is designated as an official Main Street downtown and often listed as one of the premier downtowns of Northern Illinois. So not a bad place to go. So one Monday, my wife, myself, and Little Miss Main Street packed up the car and we headed to Crystal Lake. By the time we arrived, it was pouring rain. You can watch the live that I did on Instagram that day. I walked down the street and was soaked by the time I got to the end of it. But it's a fantastic area, beautiful area. As you can imagine, it sits on a lake. Uh, apparently we missed the flower festival that happened the weekend before, but we had a great time nonetheless. It has old buildings that have been refurbished, tons of independent retail stores, friendly people, cute boutiques, clothing stores, and kids stores. And what's incredibly important is that this group of retailers look out for one another. I've since gotten to know a few of the retailers in Crystal Lake and they want to build a stronger community. Lori, the owner of Marvin's Toy Store, will be president of the Downtown Association soon. She strives to build more camaraderie amongst her retailers. Strong, healthy main streets create strong, healthy communities. Once retailers can look beyond the idea of competing with one another, they can really see that they play for the same team. More people shopping in the downtown area means more business for all of the retailers in that area. The owner of the clothes gallery, Shri Rothstein, was actually kind enough to sit down with me and do an interview for this podcast. Shri has a fantastic business mind, a great social media presence, and is just generally a tremendous person. So I was so pleased that she was willing to talk about the clothes gallery and, and tell her story. 
So I do have this interview for you. I, I really hope you enjoy. Hi, I am speaking with Sheree Rothstein, the owner of the Clothes Gallery in Crystal Lake, Illinois. I was fortunate enough to be able to visit the Clothes Gallery during our Main Street Monday in Crystal Lake and loved her store. The staff was so friendly, welcoming. It was merchandised beautifully. Um, so I'm so excited to talk with you, Sheree. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited too. This is all new for me. <laughs> new for me, new for us as well. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about the clothes gallery. When did you all open? When did you start it? Um, so to get started, really, I did not open it myself. There was a previous owner who owned the store for 17 years. When my, my husband and I were road reps, we were manufacturers reps in the clothing industry. And the woman who owned the store was one of our clients. And she used to come into our showroom and she would say, I need someone to buy my store. I need someone to buy my store. So um, she was ready to retire. And I don't know why I was interested, but I was interested. And my husband was smart enough to know that, you know, if we bought the store, we should buy the building too, because that really is a great business move. He'd been calling on stores for a long time. So it was a great business move. And um, we bought the store. We didn't keep any of her um, her inventory, but we kept her mailing list and we kept her equipment that she had in the store. So I bought this that in, in 1995. Oh, wow. Um, so you've owned, owned it for almost 20 years. The place has been in for 30, uh, 35 years. That, that's incredible. No, so it's actually 20. I've owned it for 28 years and okay. oh, it's sorry, been, <laughs> and, and it's been in existence for 45 years. 45 years. Yes. That is unique for you know a lot of Main Street retailers uh, to be in place for for that long. Uh, what do you owe? I mean, yeah, that's obviously some great business practices yourself. Owning the building is, I'm sure, a, a huge part of that. Um, but what kind of were some successes, or uh, what were some things that you know really you've done to to make sure that you've been able to stay in business for almost thirty years? Well, it's a combination of things for sure. There were definitely some very lean years and owning the building really helped during the lean years. Um, but, and we, we've been through 9-11, uh, we've been through COVID, we went through the recession. So we've been through some major disasters and um, those years were very, very difficult years. So I think it's tenacious. You have to be tenacious to be a business owner. And you, you know, and, and I am one of those people that doesn't concentrate on making money, I concentrate on the business. So I, that's what I enjoy very much. I like the business aspect of it. And because of that, I like to learn a lot. I like to find all, all kinds of facets where I can grow the business, not just in product, but in developing my staff and um, learning what products through other retailers are really working well. So it, it's really, I guess, I attribute it to my tenaciousness. Um, and um, I, I love my role of owner and buyer. So it's, um, I think that really is, sums it up. And I mean, you have to, I love tenaciousness because you do have to, it, retail owning is tough. Um, it is a tough business and it's not, you know, open up, put my, put my sign out there and the community is going to come in. You have to be on top of things and have to be a good business owner. 
Absolutely. The, the community that I'm in is a very, very lovely community and they do support their downtown. And we, we're very lucky that our uh, real estate is, is well used in the downtown there. We have very few vacancies. I've had years where there's been a lot of vacancies during some of the tough times, but it does seem to recover in this town. So that really does help with the, a loyal community. Yeah, I mean, Crystal Lake was beautiful. I really enjoyed my time there, going up and down uh, the street and just got visiting with retailers. And it's it, they do a good job of promoting their own downtown and and getting people to to come shop, which is which yes. is amazing. So they you do. talked about um, the kind of the business aspect of finding different trends. Where do you go to do that? How do you you know really build your business that way? It used to be that I would go to New York five times a year and do uh -huh. Chicago four times a year, but the business has really changed. New York is not as, um, it's not as comfortable for me as it used to be. And, and a lot of what happened during COVID is that a lot of the manufacturers or the, the showrooms where the manufacturers um, would show have have people now working at home and then they only come in for meetings so it's very hard to to go into a show you know to plan a day of showrooms yeah. it's really difficult so i've ended up going to more shows so i go to shows in las vegas i go to shows in atlanta i go to chicago shows so i i go I kind of go um, to a variety of shows. I get a variety of things at the different shows. So that that is really how I get my products in the yeah. store. Yeah, uh, it must be a good eye as you're going there or picking out different trends or, or do you look at anything to kind of forecast trends or what do, what do you do to understand that? No, I think, and, and this is um, part of being in the Midwest is that is really fantastic is you don't have to be the trend breaker. You don't have to like, you know, if I was in, probably in New York or I was in LA, I'd probably have to be like, have an eye that really sure. said, oh yeah, that's going to be the new hottest trend. But I can go to a show and look at a variety of lines and get an idea from what the designers are doing of what's really kind of clicking in the, in the marketplace. And so I, I don't, predict the trends, but I can kind of see them through that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. the designers and the, and the manufacturers, they really are the ones that are pushing, you know, the looks. Yeah. It's always good to learn off of the successes of other people and see what has been working and be able to, to grow off of that and kind of pick yes. up from there. Yeah. <laughs> Makes my job a little easier. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Someone else, is, someone else is the guinea pig. You're, you're able to see that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, being in business for 30 years, what, you know, what advice would you have for newer retailers or someone that's wanting to open a store um, to you know, be, be as successful as you've been? I think that's a, a great question because I think it's really an important, um, it, it's really important to be open to advice. And the, the thing that I learned along the way, and th to tell you a quick story, when I first opened, I, I was at the same time still repping. So there was a store that was in Indiana and I knew her well from repping and selling her clothing. And she told me that she was, she was doing a million dollars worth of business, which is a nice, healthy business, yeah. but she wasn't profiting. 
And she told me that she started to profit when she started to use an open to buy system. I think at that time I was probably two or three years into the business. And I was like, the heck, if I'm going to build a business to a million dollars <laughs> and not profit, that's crazy because that's, that's, that's a, a pie in the sky number. That's a great right. number to have. So I, my first my first challenge was to get an open to buy system. And I did, I, I had signed up at the time with a different system than I have now, but now I have management one, but these systems are out there for you. So the first thing I would say to people is don't think, you know, the numbers are not subjective. <laughs> they are real and you need, you need to know what your numbers say. And also to really be a good listener. Um, if you don't know how to market, have someone who can market for you. If you don't, if you're not a good buyer and you want to just be on the sales floor, train someone to go to the shows and sit and, and be a buyer. You really, you really have to get the help you need and not just think you can do it by yourself. Yeah. There's That's so my advice. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Because <laughs> there are so many different facets to running a retail store that trying to do it all on your own and no one can be an expert in every single aspect of it. So exactly. I love that. Exactly. Yeah, having a good open to buy system and management one, a friend of Main Street. So I love that uh, you all are connected with them and um, I, it, being able to yeah, find people that, that do do what you're not an expert at. So which, exactly, exactly. And, and it, it takes it, it makes you excuse me, I'm going to turn off my speaker. It makes you um, be able to do what you do better because yeah. it takes the pressure like I love to buy, uh, but I need someone to tell me the numbers because, you know, I, it's not a free, it's not free game out there. <laughs> you got to have a budget. And so it really, it really does. It eases me up. It's like, Oh, here's my numbers. This is what I can buy. And then I don't have to think about all that. Yeah. Don't have to worry about the things that kind of aren't in the wheelhouse. So yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And also great on social media. I've seen a lot of your videos that you've been posting. So uh, you can follow the, the clothes gallery at the clothes gallery, correct? Uh, on social media. So it's on uh, the website is the clothes gallery.com. The um, Facebook is at my clothes, at my clothes gallery. And Instagram is just hashtag the clothes gallery. So thank you for plug in it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You got to gotta plug yourself, right? <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you so much. <laughs> Through our Main Street Mondays, we have gone on to visit so many more towns, and I'm excited to bring you stories from all of those as well. We will do that in upcoming podcasts, but we've come to the end of our time today. You can follow along with Heart on Main Street through social media at Heart on Main Street, all one word, on basically all platforms. Follow along every Monday for our Main Street Mondays as I explore different towns and talk to the retailers there. If you'd like your town to be featured on a Main Street Monday, let us know. You can email us at contact at heartonmainstreet.org. You can put a comment on any video or on this podcast. I'd be excited to see your town and where you live. Our next podcast episode will be a recording of our Main Street Matters webinar with Bridget Brennan, author of Why She Buys and Winning Her Business and the founder of Female Factor. You can watch any of our webinars on heartonmainstreet.org slash education. You can also sign up for future webinars there too. Thank you so much for joining today. 
This episode was written, produced, researched, edited, and hosted by me, Patrick Kaiser. For more information on our organization, you can visit heartonmainstreet.org. Thank you so much.